My name's Venetia Briand, and this is... Oh, did I, am I all this time I've been saying it wrong? <laughs> Venetia Briand. But, <laughs> it just seems like it should have that Briand. Well, know? technically it is bro. Is it bro? Yeah, like with that roll of the, you know, that French... Venetia bro? Yeah, like... Venetia bro? Huh? Like <laughs> and there she was, Venetia bro. Yeah, and this is the Ordinary Courage <laughs> Podcast. <laughs> Yeah, this fun. we are we are and this is season two which i'm thrilled about yeah uh this is happening and in the studio so today of you. Oh, this is, uh, if you guys haven't already figured out for those of you that know this this man we have stacy peterson in the house today and so, uh, Stacy Peterson, he is the executive director of Fresh Start Recovery here in Calgary, Alberta. Um, so, if you don't know who he is or where that is, uh, feel free to look that up. That's freshstartrecovery.ca. Thank you, Stacy. It's <laughs> <That's> awesome. <laughs> and I'll have his full bio and everything like that posted in the show yeah. notes. It would take half this podcast just to go through his bio. So. He's, uh, Stacy's a good friend of mine. I, I'm, I'm actually, to be totally honest, um, I'm, I just love you and I'm, I'm so grateful that you're here today and thank you for doing this and, and everything. And, oh, thanks so yeah. much. I, I, I love you too. And <laughs> not like I'm in love with you, you know what I, I mean? Know. But I, I, I get I, it. I, I love you. <laughs> um, and I am super thrilled to be here. I'm, when you phoned, I was like, yeah, that, that'd be awesome. Just because I want to support what you guys are doing. And and I've watched you over the years, um, you know, uh, bump up against some incredible adversity and, uh, you know, just life crap. And you've you've rose up and you're doing the things that you're doing. And, I mean, we were having a bit of a conversation earlier about, like, you know, how's it, how's it going and all that. And, mm-hmm. and you're doing an incredible amount of work here. And, and uh, my sense, I you know, I read this meditation this morning. Uh, you know, and my sense about you was connected to this meditation. And the meditation talked about this little boy. And he had, you know, he lived on a farm and he was waiting for these chicks to hatch. And he went out every single morning. And every single morning he went out. Nothing was happening. Nothing was happening. And he had faith that this, they were going to hatch. And sort of, kind of on the last day, um, he went out and he sort of gave up on hope that that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And then out of habit, he went out the next day and all these chicks had hatched. And I think for so many of us, like, you know, in whatever it is that we're doing and we're slogging, we're trudging that road, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and trudge means to move forward with purpose. So, um, you know, when we're on that road and we, we have that vision of what it is we want to accomplish in our life, uh, sometimes we tend to give up in the 11th hour. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's usually just before whatever it is we're after is going to come to fruition. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And I see that in you. I see what you've done. And woohoo. Yeah, she is the Terminator girl. <laughs> You're awesome. People are like, who's Venetia? You don't know her? She's the Terminator girl. <laughs> okay, we're here to talk about you. <laughs> Right. So, I um, I am like way overtired and under caffeinated. <laughs> so we're gonna have a blast. I think so. Oh my gosh, you're awesome. Okay, so I <clears throat> normally I like to just kind of 
dive right in. And so, and I, I know when you and I chatted on the phone and I asked you if you would be willing to be a guest on the show. And so I know, you know, I know like the, you know, the legend, the man. Oh man. Stacy Peterson. Oh, stop. You know, and, think, and just all the work that you've done, the tireless work that you've done in the recovery community, not just here in Calgary, but across Canada. And so it's incredible what you have, what you've done and just the message and the hope. And, and I know, I know what you're going to say, because I know you have been around you long enough to know that it's, I know it's all about your team. Why, thank you. I've done I'm, it all myself. <laughs> it's all been me. Yeah. And someone's going to edit that and go, whoa, this guy is so, you know. But, but the reality is none of us do this thing alone. I, I know. Right? I know. I know. I know. And, but it also, to it, you know, you attract the, the people that you attract. And that's very obvious as well because the team that you have around you is also... It absolutely incredible. And so, but not skipping over that, but I just, what I, what I really was hoping that we could bring to the table today, and I told you this on the phone, is I want, I want just the guy. Absolutely. I want just the man, Stacy, the, the husband, the father, the friend, just the dude in the recovery mm-hmm. and where that started and what some of that journey has been like for you. And just some of the stuff that you've had to go through to and push through some of the heartache and you know, I, I've had an opportunity to listen over the years to uh, an awful lot of you know personal testimonies. So I thought mm-hmm. I would just go with the most exciting one, uh, and that'll be my story. <laughs> uh, you know what? I don't have any. Um, I, I think I have a story that's probably just as. Uh, um, Ordinary as the next person, but not. Um, you know, I often say that, uh, you know, we all put our pants on the same way. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, my kids are great teachers. So they tell me that all the time. They're like, Dad, you know, like everyone has a story. And, you know, getting to this place that I, I am, I'm at in my life right now, like I, I have a ton of gratitude. Um and I'm not saying that life's problem free because, mm-hmm. you know, let me tell you, there's, there's a share of ups and downs and all arounds. And, um, so, you know, I mean, I, I was born in Calgary and I lived in Calgary my whole life until later on in adult, uh, in my adult life when I moved out of the city after a drive by shooting two doors down and, uh, you know, plugging the holes in the guy and, <clears throat> um, and I just thought, well, I'm, we're going to get out of, out of town. And um, hmm. at any rate, uh, so I grew up in Calgary, born in Calgary, went to school in Calgary uh, to a couple of really loving parents that did the best they could with what they had. Uh, both of my parents were alcoholics. Uh, both of them are not with us right now. Uh, they've passed. Um, my mom was almost 40 years sober when she passed. My dad was uh, just a little over 20. Um, I'm also a person in long-term recovery, and um, so I got uh, clean and sober when I was 18 years old, October 25th, 1987. So in a wow. couple of weeks or whatever, it'll be 33 years. <clears throat> um, it's incredible, my friend. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, not my doing. Um 
I, you know, like in the beginning, I mean, you, you're in the, it was a, really, it was an alcoholic family. It was violent. It was, uh, and my dad was a, he was a corporate guy and, and, um, but they were, they were both sick with, uh, alcoholism. Mm-hmm. And, um, so, you know, physical violence happened in my house. I was the oldest male. So, you know, it'd be my job to, um, you know, referee or clean up the blood or phone the police if necessary. And, um, <clears throat> and my parents, I, I need to say that they loved us to the nth degree, but their own addiction, um, had placed them in a spot of unavailability and, mm-hmm. uh, be it physically or emotionally or whatever that was. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when I was about, uh, you know, living at home, I mean, it's about nine years old was when I first discovered this wonderful, amazing effect from alcohol. And shortly after that from, um, you know, drugs and, that made me feel like I was enough in those moments. It made me feel okay. It made me feel unafraid. It didn't make me feel like I was less than everybody else in the room. Mm-hmm. And, um, cause regardless of whatever situation I walked into, I always felt less than I always felt, um, like I didn't measure up. There was always someone to compare myself to. And I was either less than them or better than them. And I never quite fit anywhere. And so, you know, people are like, wow, man, you, you know, you got sober at 18 and, um, you know, that was how, how wonderful. And to be honest, I, I, I can't even imagine going any longer than that because I was already bankrupt in all these areas of my life and, uh, self-loathing. I was like the poster guy for Mm self-loathing. Um, you know, as a, as a kid, um, you know, my father had, um, he was passed out one night and my mom came and said, like, just grab what you're, um, you know, grab what you're going to keep because we're not coming back. And, uh, and we laughed wow. and, and she was sober three years before she mustered up the courage to get us out of there. And, um, you know, we first lived in a hotel and a motel and then we got harbored by, uh, basically some friends of my mother's and I didn't find out till years later, these were people in recovery. How, how old were you when that happened? <clears throat> like, I think I was around, uh, 11 ish 11 12 okay. and um you know fast forward a ton of years later and doing all the work with the alberta family wellness initiative the palix foundation looking at aces and uh you know childhood trauma and things like that now keeping in mind that none of that is about about blame it's simply about you know how did i get to where i got to yeah and totally. uh i've done a couple of uh tedx talks and uh those were fun, right? Uh, the last one I did, I took my daughter uh, with me, Salea, beautiful soul, and it was her birthday. That was on October seventh, uh, and not this year. At any rate, I take her. I make the presentation, the TEDx. I make it about her, but I tie in aces. I tie in recovery. I tie in all those different bits and pieces, and and. It doesn't matter if in, if you're in recovery or not. I mean, the same thing still applies mm-hmm. around some of the ACEs work. And so at the end of it, what struck me the most was that she said, Dad, there was so many people crying when I was laying it out. And uh, which, again, to me was evidence that 
there's so many of us that have all been impacted by different things in our lives and we all have a story. Mm -hmm. And so if we let, um, you know, if we let love, empathy, and compassion move us day to day, we're going to be better people for us and for everyone around us. And Mm so, so now rewind and go back to, you know, um, doing all the stuff that I was doing and wrecked a couple of cars and fighting and, um, you know, getting thrown in the drunk tank. And, you know, fortunately there was no smartphones around back in the day. And, um, you know, and I, and I was also a minor too. Right. So, uh, but you know, for me and my mom was in recovery she celebrated her 10 years and I celebrated my one year at the same time. Her, her clean date was October 16th and, um, had worked in this field and had worked at all the big name places in Calgary. And, and, uh, but I didn't get to recovery because I saw her dying. I got to recovery because I saw me dying. I hated the way I felt inside every Mm -hmm. single day when I woke up and, um, you know, it's, it's kind of, you hear it all the time. I was just sick and tired of being sick and tired. Um, I, the best way I heard someone describe it one time, it was kind of like being an egomaniac with an inferiority complex. Right. Uh, and the ego part was just wanting to be, you know, somebody that I wasn't. So I went and when I first went and asked for help, um, and that was key. Uh, I didn't actually think I had a problem. Uh, I just had some mental health issues. I'm like, I'm 17 years old. There's no way that I, even though my entire family tree, there's an alcoholic or a drug addict on every limb. Oh, I can so relate. Can't be mine, yeah. not me, because yeah. of my age, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> and what was pointed out to me was the things that I've experienced at such a young age. And, uh, you know, I mean, I've far surpassed that of someone that's been at it for a long time. At any rate... Um, I started going to these meetings with those freaky people. And, uh, and you know, uh, so, yeah, at 17, and, and I started to feel a little bit better because, you know, people were talking about, like, some like uh, things that are foreign to most of us, like emotions. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was a couple of emotions that I experienced was, like, a sleep and rage. And, uh, you know, so, uh, but I wasn't, uh, I wasn't getting clean. I was still doing what I was doing. And so still going to the meetings. And there was a fellow in the meetings that uh, said to me one time afterwards, because I was giving him a ride home, what are you doing? You got like, you got a case of liquor in the back of your car. Shh. I'm not like those people. Because denial is probably oh. one of the bigger symptoms. Yeah. Yeah. Even though, you know, all these years later, irrefutable science tells us that there's an epigenetic nature. Yes. It, you know, the old argument was, it's nature nurture, but the reality is everybody was right. Yeah. So your environment can change your brain chemistry, thereby making you more susceptible yeah. and, or you can have a genetic predisposition. At any rate, I was not like those people. I kind of hit the lottery. I had the environment and the genetics, which was awesome. <laughs> and, uh, could so relate to right? that. Yeah. That's so, me too. You're, you're not getting out. I mean, yeah. um, so I went and asked, a friend of my mother's for help. I didn't go to and ask my mom because she was still my mom. Mm-hmm. And what I find is, and I, I watch you and your daughter and I'm like, that's incredible. Uh, but, um, 
you know, I went and asked her friend and uh, she took me to this young people's meeting. It was called Young and the Restless back in the day. And no, was, it wasn't. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh. It was called Young and the Restless. <laughs> and um, there was these, uh, I'm not telling you what meeting because I don't want to break traditions. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It was one of those those recovery support groups. Anyways, uh, and uh, it was called Young and the Restless in the old people that were hanging around, the old timers would call us the young and the useless. <laughs> so, and I had also dropped out of school at that point too. I dropped mm-hmm. out of high school and, um, and, uh, and then when I got clean, I went back to school and, and I'd finished. And then, uh, and then from there, um, you know, that's, uh, continued on with school and, and then I went to work and, uh, in early recovery. And, and so there's this whole thing that they talk about with people in early recovery. They're saying like, Hey, you know what? You should probably stay out of a relationship yeah. in the first year. Well, they don't tell you to stay out of the relationship for the first year because after the year it's going to work out fantastic. If they were going to be completely honest with you, they would say, Hey, listen, why don't you consider staying out of a relationship until you have one with yourself? Well, None of us would yeah. stay, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, no. And uh, so, of course, I, I met a girl, and and uh, and I was a young father. We had a son. I was 20 years old. So now I'm a oh, couple wow. of years in. I'm 20. I'm a dad. And uh, what am I going to do? I have no idea what it means to be, you know, raised in this capacity. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'm going to be able to do it. And there was this uh, woman who said to me, she says, you know, you're going to take something that's going to be really beautiful and you're going to screw it up because you're afraid. And uh, so he's still, in, my my son is an active part of my life. I talk to him every single day. Um, and he's one of my many kids. Um, I, have, uh, I have a blended family. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have four of my own. She has two. Uh, we recently brought in another child, my sister's son. Uh, as she passed away August 25th of this year. And um, so he's with us full time. Um, the silver linings, those are the blessings. Um, mm-hmm. You know, my career in addiction recovery didn't begin whistling down the path thinking, woohoo, yeah, yeah. man, I, I want to be this. I want to do that. Not a chance. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, yeah, no. Everybody wants to do that. Everybody wants to fix everyone. Everyone, and I just, yeah, you know, I, I, I didn't want to do that. And a set of circumstances so compelling to me lined up, which was, in my opinion, miracles masquerading as coincidence, uh, opened the doors to me to get my education, and then, and then to where I am. Uh, throughout my career and um, it was funny I'm if you're following some of the controversy lately around safe consumption and harm reduction and recovery and the battering back and forth Mm -hmm, it just mm -hmm. it it it's hurtful dialogue because I see a lot of people attack in recovery and then I you see you know my thought is build bridges not walls yeah we talk about harm reduction as being part of that that continuum and um there was somebody made some comment on hater. I don't call it Twitter. And, uh, <laughs> and they're like, yeah, he's, and they start to attack you personally. They're just vicious. Yeah. I don't know. I think they're in their mom's basement, just like firing off things. But anyways, that was a bit of a shot. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Let me roll back. So Forgive t- me. <laughs> Sorry for saying that. Anyhow, 
but they start and we so we put this letter out in the sectors just and really it was just thanking the uh, government for supporting recovery totally I got to tell you, in thirty over thirty years of doing it, um, we've never had the government step up. Yeah. They've other yeah. governments have been great capital wise; they'll build buildings, which is yeah. awesome, and we're grateful. Yeah, but nobody's stepped up to support a recovery oriented system of care. Yes, which includes harm reduction. Yes. so I'm like, yes. people, what are we fighting about here? Yeah, let's build bridges between the two. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, you know. And uh, anyway, somebody in the hater post, they were like, "That guy just cares about money." I'm like, oh, yeah, all right. You know, I got to say, like, as a human being with a heart, it just, those that kind of stuff is hurtful because, like, you have no idea what I went through as a single dad working two jobs. One was five fifty an hour in the early days mm-hmm. of, of doing this stuff, right? And mm-hmm. And so showing up every single time in spite of the negativity, in spite, because for a long, long time, let's be really, really clear. I mean, you see a lot of media around, addiction recovery now Mm -hmm. and around all the stuff that's going on Mm -hmm. 30 years ago i'd have people sit across the table from me and they'd look at me and they'd say what's it like to work with those people yeah yeah i wouldn't say anything back then but i wanted to say i don't know you tell me yeah we're talking right now and yeah you know some of the national stuff we've done through ccsa we did a life and recovery survey there was over 70% of the respondents, 800 people in the, in, the, in the country that responded to the Life and Recovery Survey. You can Google it. The survey's there. Mm-hmm. You know, highly educated people, mm-hmm. over 70% said, I didn't ask for help because I was afraid of being judged. Yeah, totally. Well, yeah. and the reality is, if you're listening, if you've got a pulse, you've been affected. We've all been affected by one way or another in mm-hmm. our community. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if you don't know somebody directly, you've still been impacted. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, so one of the things that I talk about when I'm talking about addiction as a chronic brain disorder, uh, you know, um, the, the, the part of the brain that's effective essentially is your executive functioning. So mm-hmm. when somebody is under the influence, they're not making great decisions. And when they come to their senses or they get clean and they realize where they've been, what they've mm-hmm. done, there's that immense amount of remorse, self-loathing, self-hatred. And so if someone says, hey, what, what's the biggest thing that you could do to help somebody recover? Hands down, bar none, absolutely, without a shadow of a doubt, I would say, help them get to a place of self-forgiveness. Yeah. Until they get there, there's always this sort of subconscious need to be punished for where we've been, for what yeah. we've lost, for what we haven't done, for the people we've hurt for the mm-hmm. time we stole, for the possessions, etc., cetera. Mm-hmm. And hammering yourself into the ground like a tent peg is counterproductive. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and some of the damage is very real, and sometimes it takes years to repair. Mm-hmm. But you're going to spend years in self-loathing, or you're going to spend years making repairs, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, it's interesting... I think, you know, I was in, uh, I was talking to a bunch of people last night, actually, about, you know, keeping a positive mindset uh, in spite of everything else that you got going around you, right? Mm -hmm. And because I really do believe, I've said it many, many times, that there's really two drivers to how we walk, and one is I'm either walking out of fear or or from a place of love. Absolutely. And... Yeah, I mean, that's not 
uh, the conversations you have in boardrooms, but I do mm-hmm. because the reality is we all feel it. I, yeah. I sent off a couple of messages this morning to a couple of people that are, uh, you know, I just said, look, don't miss the opportunity to tell somebody you love them. So this is my opportunity to tell you today, have a great day. Boom. Sent that this morning. Cause these people came to my mind. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to guess that they don't get those messages from thousands of their corporate employees. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah. um, you know, we're all, uh, yeah, we all got this. We, like my kids, you know, they all have a story. We all have a story. Yeah. Um, I totally believe that. Absolutely. Um, so when I think about success in my life, I think about it in different areas of my life and I haven't always done it right. I was married for a long time and I've been divorced and I'm a long time with another woman now and uh, we're married now and, mm-hmm. and, uh, 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 we got married last year. Actually, we just had our one year anniversary and, and, you know, um, people say, well, I don't have any regrets. And I got some regrets. Yeah. There's some things that I would have done different. Yeah. But yeah. I wouldn't trade the lesson. Do you know what I'm saying? I, so there's I a do. difference. Like, yeah. um, my ex-wife and I get on well now and, and, uh, we co-parent well and, uh, you know, my new wife is, um, we, I mean, we all get on very well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, you know, where it was going with that was, um, I don't know. Some of that stuff is tough to talk about because at the end of the day, um, there's unintended consequences of living in places of fear. Right. So if I can look back at spots in my life where I acted out of fear, there's unintended consequences. And I I can totally, I just had one of those actually this past year that cost me a lot. Yeah. So I 100% relate to what you're saying. Totally. Yeah. You know, uh, before coming here, I had a meeting with a, a business person that came out to Fresh Start and, uh, met with myself and Bruce and we talked about, what we're planning to do moving forward. And I said, you know, overarching all of this, we need to let love and a higher consciousness, God, creator, whatever Mm -hmm. concept you have, we need to let that be the driver because if we are solely in control, Mm -hmm. come on now, Mm -hmm. you know, um, every single day that we wake up, uh, we have a choice and we, and we get to choose whether we want to live out of fear or love. Mm -hmm. And the other part to that whole piece is the notion of self-centeredness. Whenever in my life I'm upset, when I'm twisted, when I'm what, whatever the thing is, it's because of my self-centeredness. Mm-hmm. I can't, you know. I mean, I can. It is that simple. Is because typically I'm thinking about me, mm-hmm. me, me, me. It's all what I'm not getting, what I should, you know, mm-hmm. how they, what, whatever, and uh, and so. You know, there's this little prayer that I do every day and it says, relieve me of the bondage of self, right? Yeah. There's this little prayer and, uh, because, you know, bondage is slavery. So I'm a yeah. slave to myself. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so if I can get to a place where I can live a life of service mm-hmm. in spite of the haters, in spite of the, mm-hmm. you know, just mm-hmm. all the chatter that goes on, mm-hmm. if I can get to a place where I'm living a life of service, um, 
I'm super grateful for that. That's mm-hmm. where I want to be because mm-hmm. I know how it feels when I'm there and when I'm not there. Mm-hmm. When I'm not there, it's not great. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, you know. Um, so, um, yeah, I think um, it's tough when you're dealing with your kids. Mm-hmm. You know, it's tough when you're dealing with the things that are closest to your heart to get, you know, get out of self, to uh, hand those things over, to pray for guidance and direction, to mm-hmm. to lean into that. That's hard to do when it's those things that are so close to you, mm-hmm. but it's probably the most important time to do it. Absolutely. You know, uh, yeah. you know, I think about you and your daughter and Jeez, I, I mean, I've been through that with my with my oldest boy too. Yeah, and um, there's some real heartbreaking pieces to that. Um, you know, at the end of the day, though, I think uh, we just got to be where our feet are. Mm-hmm. I can get all caught up into two years from now, three, five, ten, whatever that looks like. Yeah, and no, you know what? Let's just be where our feet are and. Uh, try to come from a place of love, right? So if somebody's listening and they're thinking, yeah, well, what a load of crap. I mean, we just, you know what, do we grab a bucket of flowers and head out and start, you know, hey, I mean, if that's your thing, sure, that's probably fine. Um, let Let me bring it down a little bit. It's not hard to be kind, but it is hard to be kind when you don't feel good about who you are. Yeah. When I'm... I've gone up to the university and given a couple of lectures and stuff like that to classes. I've been invited to do that mm-hmm. um, back uh, some years back. And um, so I walk in and I said, hey, listen, close your books. And they're like, what? I'm like, no, no, you don't, don't worry about it. I'm just, I'm going to give you the secret to life right here, right now. It's distilled into this couple of things I'm going to give you. And they're like, really? I'm like, yeah, I'm, it's all there for you. Uh, they're like, okay, <laughs> give me what it is, right? <clears throat> Eager bunch. Okay. So I say, look, um, whether or not you succeed or fail in this lifetime is completely contingent on your ability to have a genuine and loving relationship with another human being, period. They're like, yeah, that's it. I'm like, oh, hey, hold on a minute. The litmus though, the, the, the linchpin to that is in order to have a loving and genuine authentic relationship with other people you need to first have it with yourself that's yeah so like the story i'm telling about the chick and the eggs and the little boy watching the chicks Mm -hmm. come out of the eggs and stuff um people are always like oh you gotta love yourself you gotta do that you you just gotta love yourself i gotta tell you the first time i tried it it was like I, I, but you know, in her early days, I did lots of mirror work, like, you know, self-talk and all that, like we all do it, like Stuart Smalley, I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and dang it, people like me. Well, you know, the reality is that stuff does work. Uh, the first time I, I, I went to look in the mirror and I was like, my, you know, guy I was working with, he's like, you, you really got to love yourself. Go in the mirror and tell yourself you love yourself. And I'm like, oh my God, okay. But I remember this one evening and I'm like, I'm feeling... Uh, exceptionally low. I think I'd probably come out of the fetal position because I wanted to drink so bad. Uh, and uh, I, you know, 
went into the mirror and I was looking and I'm gazing and I'm just, you know, I mean, for as long as I could. And I go to go, I'm like, I, 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 and I gave myself the finger and walked out of the bathroom. Wow. And, uh, from when I was walking out of the bathroom, this voice came from inside that just said, it's okay. We'll keep doing it. Now, it wasn't my head. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I know that, that was, voice very well. Yeah. Yeah. So just <clears throat> kept doing it. And I was six years clean, and I was in the bathroom shaving, and I caught a glimpse of my own self, and I was looking into my own eyes, and I just started to weep because probably for one of the first times in my life, I was grateful to be who I was. I was grateful to be who I was. I didn't fantasize about being somebody else. Mm-hmm. And for the longest I could remember, I just, I always had that feeling like I didn't fit, mm-hmm. right? Uh, in relationships, in um, community, in anywhere. I didn't feel like I was enough. I didn't feel mm-hmm. like I fit. And if you were going to shine the light on that one secret that I didn't feel enough, mm-hmm. then you were, uh, I wanted you out of my life and this relationship is over Mm -hmm. but I wouldn't tell you that because Mm -hmm. that would take communication I would just be quiet so long that you would you know one of two things you would just typically leave or uh you know get angry and and then it was over and uh a whole lot of life lived in fear yeah um fast forward a whole lot of years coming up a couple of weeks on 33 years and uh I'm so incredibly grateful. I have so much in my life, my my family, um, my friends. I have people that would stand in traffic for me, um, you know, uh, and I'm able to be there for others. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, uh, my daughter had to do this thing for school. And... Uh, she said her project was on people that inspired her. And she did this whole thing on her dad. And in those moments, you kind of know that you're winning. You know? Yeah. Um, it's funny, too, the other side. Go back to the whole money thing. Look, that's just a... Yeah, you know, I'm a social worker by trade. We didn't get into the gig for the for the money, you know. <clears throat> no and, kidding, right? Yeah. Um, but screw what you think you need or what you what you what you want. What what you truly need is going to be provided for you. And it's you know, don't get me wrong. I'm I like to have a decent life and provide for my kids and all the rest of it. Mm-hmm. But I can't let fear guide the things that I do. Um. I don't know how much time we got left together, but um, when I think about what's going on in the community with COVID, with recovery, with, uh, it just feels like, you know, a lot of times it just feels like there's lots of divisiveness, mm-hmm. but, but you're either part of the solution or you're part of the problem. Yeah. Um, you're going to, ha- you're going to meet people every single day that are going to have a problem for every solution mm-hmm. or you're going to be someone that has a solution for every problem it mm-hmm. doesn't mean you're got like rose-colored glasses and you don't see the issues 
but staying stuck in the mud is not uh, yeah like you gotta you know, let's choose to get out of it mm-hmm. and i don't give mm-hmm. a sh- i don't care if you it's just start yeah well yeah. i don't know how to start i'm stuck i'm so stuck one of the ways that i get unstuck is i you know if i'm in my head or if i'm is i try to start with a bit of gratitude yeah i mean about the little things yeah like the little things mm-hmm. right i got socks I'm not kidding you. Yeah. That that simple. Um, yeah. And it kind of builds from there, and that shifts my energy into this great feeling of of um, being so blessed. And um, one time when my daughter was a baby, Natalie, um, nobody was home, and I had her by myself and so you know uh, I always joke around with my kids I'm not a, I'm not the cook in the house eh? I mean I'm, I swear if it wasn't for my wife they wouldn't survive like I forget to feed them you know I don't feed myself <laughs> I'm not a good cook I'm a terrible cook uh, and I've tried you know I'm not in denial about that one and um, anyway so I'm at home and she's a little, little toddler uh, crawling around and I picked her up and um um I, I had her in my arms and I reached into the cupboard. I just some stupid thing. You know, I was walking through the kitchen and I grabbed a handful of trail mix and I threw it into my mouth and it coated my mouth in the back of my throat. Like it just kind of flew in there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh, I started to choke and, um, uh, and I just had first aid like a week earlier. And so I had thought to myself, I know what to do if, you know, because I, I can't get any air and I can't cough. I put Natalie down on the floor because I didn't want to drop her. And I, you know, when I think about it, I still uh, gets me like, and I'm heading towards the chair and it's not like, you know, in the movies, it's, you know, anyways, it starts to go black from the sides in. You're totally awake and you're totally conscious and all I could think of was you know, not now and not like this. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I was talking to God mm-hmm. and, and I went out and in that time frame, I'm not exactly sure I was alone. I don't know how much time it was. I just remember being surrounded by people and I had this feeling like I've got so much more to do. And when I came out of that, I just had that uh, profound feeling that the most important thing for all of us is each other. Mm-hmm. So regardless of what side you stand on, regardless of who you support, you don't support, regardless of if you're in recovery, you're not in recovery, we can all be kind and we can all be part of a, of a greater solution, mm-hmm. you know, um, there's so many different things out there that could take our attention from day to day and mm-hmm. take us off that path. If you want to have some purpose, if you want to have some um, direction, find that within. You know, stick to your knitting, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, every answer that you will ever need is inside. Just stop and listen. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I, um, so much of what you've shared, I can relate. I can relate so much. I, um, 
I wanted to, so you recently, like I know, like you work in this field and it's part of your life. It's been a part of your family and all of that too. But you recently um, experienced another devastating loss. And I, can you just touch on that just a little bit? And just because I, I. uh, Yeah, so. Yeah. Well, there's two. I mean, my sister Kim passed away in December. We had her service in February. She, uh, beautiful woman, she was on her way to treatment and she thought she'd have another drink and uh, it didn't work out so well for her. And so we went through that and, um, and then my other sister Tammy on August uh, 25th uh, I was at the, I was at the lake. We were, you know, um, Dakota. Her son was with her. She had gone out to uh, Kelowna. She had to do some work for WCB as far as uh, rehabilitation. She had her shoulder surgery, and and he had called uh, my my uh, brother-in-law, her ex-husband, and said, you know, like. I can't, uh, can't, can't wake her up. And, um, and so that's all I knew, right? It was a couple hours later and, you know, Melissa came over and she said, did you hear anything? And I had just got off the phone with him. And he said to me, you know, Tammy passed away. Those three words. And, uh, and then Melissa said, did you hear anything? And I looked at her and I said, no, cause I just couldn't lean into that at that point. And, um, and she knew, and then we took the kids, sat them down and told them, um, you know, I was going back to the text message. You know, it's funny when I pulled up here to do the interview, I had her memorial card in the visor and, um, Uh, and it fell out and it hit me in the head. So I'm like, oh, okay, I gotcha. And her birthday is October 25th. We we share the same birthday, mine for my sobriety and hers for her belly button. And so we always have that in common. Um, and, um, you know, I think she, I don't know, somehow I think she knew. You know, um, there was an undetermined cause of death. She was 53 years old, and um, and she has three amazing kids. Um, two are older, and then Dakota, he's with us now. So a week after Tammy's birthday, uh, it was his 14-year birthday. So we celebrated his first birthday without his mom a week later, and... Um, when I think about the stories that we all have, because I know that, you know, you just can't compare. It's like your grief is your grief, your joy is your joy. But I think those feelings are universally understood regardless of what language you you have or what your experience is. Mm-hmm. Um, if we stop for just a second 
before reacting to situations out there. And uh, remember that everybody has a story, then we'll, we'll, we should be okay. You know, going forward, um, I see a bright future. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, I think about the, you know, when I think about ACEs and, and that work and, and essentially there's the ACEs scale and I'm going to keep it very simple. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, if you've had one through 10, uh, adverse childhood experience, be it divorce or mental health or, you know, whatever it is, you have about a 400% higher, more, uh, propensity to have say addiction, mental health, heart disease. You know, the biggest one is one of the biggest is heart disease. I'm like, makes sense to me. People are dying from a broken heart. Mm -hmm. Um, but the beautiful part about that, like recovery, and I know that people think in their head, you have no idea what I've been through and how much pain and misery that I have to heal and this and that and how mm-hmm. bad or all. Oh, I get it. Mm-hmm. And all doesn't have to be done overnight. The important thing is that you begin and it will not take near as long as you tell yourself. Mm-hmm. That's the old story. Mm-hmm. Scientifically, the, the fantastic stuff about the ACEs work is you can shift the fulcrum and you can create more resiliency in your life. And the number one factor to doing that is love and support. Here's the other side. You need to be able to reach out to others. Mm -hmm. Uh, I used to say, I don't need people. I don't need anybody, but it turns out I do. And I need a lot of people, right? Uh, Yeah, me too. Basil's hierarchy of basic needs to love and be loved and belong. Yeah. I don't care who you are. Yeah. We all need that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, we do. Right. Yeah. Oh, back to the beginning. None of us do it alone. Yeah. Not at all. Not at all. Um, I I guess, uh, there's so much, there's, uh, just so much goodness that you have packed into this, uh, episode. Thank you for, sharing your heart and your story and just who you are, like listening to you talk. And I've heard you talk before, you know, at Mm -hmm. things and whatever, but, and then just, you know, having come to know you over the, the years and stuff too. But I, this is who you are. You know what I mean? Even like in everything that you share in everything that you talk about even the stuff that you've learned and the stuff that you've come to know over the years right Mm -hmm. and all the different things it's you it's so easy for me to see that it's a part of you like this is this is who you are this is what you believe this is like just the foundational the bedrock of who Stacy is and Mm. well you know what they say if you spot it you got it right (laughs) (laughs) If someone's pissing you off, it's because, you know, there might have some characteristics that, that you have too, just saying. Uh, yeah. I, in, um, <clears throat> in closing, I wanted to just give you a, like, we'll put some stuff in the show notes and stuff too, but just t- tell us a little bit about, you know, because we, we, um, 
we're new, like yeah. we're a new podcast, yeah. right? We're, this is just our second season now, but already in our first season, um, we even have a, some listeners in the States. I oh, just cool. found out the Very other cool. day. Yeah. yeah. So it is cool. And so I just really, for me, honestly, Stace, I can relate so much to so much of what you were saying because I, I feel that way too. I've, you know, come to learn some of those same things too. And just, I really believe in the power of our stories and I really believe in the power of the human spirit and, and, you know, all of that. And, and so I just, I know how important, like we'd never know who's going to hear this. You know what I mean? Who might need this message at just this right time. Right. And so just in closing, just, yeah. So, you know, I think, look, like I said, like every single one of us puts our pants on the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, I think the whole point around recovery is that we want to succeed in our lives. Yeah. And so when you see people that are succeeding in their lives, know, just know that they had to start from where they were. Mm-hmm. None of us just arrive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it doesn't matter at what stage in your journey you're at. Mm-hmm. Um, it's your journey. Yeah. Soak it up. Lean in. It's your yeah. journey. You need that journey. It's happening to you just the way it needs to because you need to be equipped for your purpose. Yeah. And, and you don't maybe know what that is at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but at some point, I think you got to allow that to unfold and have, have some trust in that. And I love this quote. I, I, I don't even remember. There's, there's a couple quotes. One is by Zig Ziglar and it says, you can have everything in your life that you want if you would just help others get what they want. So that to me yeah. speaks of a life of service totally. and whatever it is, even if service for you means you're sweeping your neighbor's sidewalk or you're saying a kind word to the, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and don't let life discourage you because everyone who has gotten to where they are had to begin from where they were. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. So, Hey, yeah. look, we're all in this thing, uh, together and yeah, still today at this amount of time, uh, I'm not interested in doing it alone. Yeah. Me neither. Life's too short. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us, uh, just quickly before I, we, we, and we close, but, uh, just a little bit about fresh start and ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together (laughs) for fresh start recovery center. (sighs) Um, yeah. So fresh start is a nifty little home. Um, oh, in a serious way. Yes. So (laughs) freshstartrecovery.ca, we are a, uh, 50 bed live-in residential treatment opportunity for men and families. We have our family healing program, which is open to anybody, anywhere that's been affected by somebody else's uh, addiction. And that program is like five sessions. Our core program is 16 weeks in length. Once uh, our our men uh, have finished the program, they do not have to leave. Mm-hmm. So we have 46 post-treatment housing beds in three apartments. We're in the process of expanding right now. We'd like to bring on another 80. Uh, and um, the alumni, I, like a huge shout-out to our alumni. They're a small army, and they're just amazing people. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And um, we are in the process of a, of a, a merger slash acquisition right now with a facility down in southern Alberta. Uh, and we should find out about that uh, here this Friday. Awesome. Uh, to have that finalized. Um, yeah, I think if you're wanting recovery, um, you won't find... Um, and I don't mean, I think, you know, I've got the best team in the industry and every executive director ought to be saying the same thing. Yeah, so yeah. when, you know, when, when John or Kim or any of those guys say, Hey, we got the best team. I'm like, darn right. You do. Right. That's how you ought to feel. Yeah. Um, so I'm super grateful to have the team that I do. Uh, and we've got a fantastic building. It's 40,000 square feet. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's beautiful. You know, um, and we built that, you know, we, we, we did our fundraising campaign. Uh, the government kicked in uh, a, a big chunk of capital for that. Um, um, but so at the end of the day, I, you know, to everything, I always say to anybody that's ever hand, uh, had a hand in anything that we've ever done, thank you. Uh, if, if, and that's, you know, anything that you've participated in, in that way, you've become part of the solution. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's a ripple effect. Yes. So listen, thanks for having me do this. This is awesome. It's always good to see you. You I'm like, you know, I'm watching you out there doing the Terminator stuff. And I'm like, I stopped going to the gym when they went non-smoking. Okay. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. I'm just joking. Uh, but, uh, I really have a lot of admiration for what you've what you're doing in the community so thanks Stacy yeah. yeah thank you well the feel, feeling is very mutual absolutely it's uh such an honor to have you on the show I'm so grateful to well have now that you I know where you are I'm gonna just like come bang on the doors <laughs> interrupt the sessions hey Venetia <laughs> awesome. check that's my get that from my kids right oh my god daddy check <laughs> you're awesome yeah. Well, everyone, this has been another episode of the Ordinary Courage podcast with your host, Venetia Briolt. And you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and to be honest, almost every other platform that's on there. Do it. Uh, Go to it now. <laughs> or uh, you can find us on VenetiaBriolt.com. And if you got anything out of this episode, which I'm sure you have gotten a few things, please uh, pay it forward, pass it on, pass it on, be part of the solution, uh, just like Stacy was talking about. And uh, whether or not you're in recovery or not, but just like Stacy was saying too, we all need each other. It uh, it takes all of us. And uh, really appreciate your guys' support and listening and following, subscribing, downloading, and uh, leave a review if you can. And thanks again.